Hi, I'm Celia Boothman, founder of LTR Coaching, and I'd like to welcome you to the Inspired Triathletes podcast, where I'll be bringing you stories from female triathletes and taking on topics that are important to women in the sport. Okay, so hi Lisa, thank you very much for joining me today. So my guest today is Lisa Watts and she is a nutrition coach and also a triathlete. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how she got into nutrition coaching, her mindset around nutrition, what has changed for her in her nutrition and a little bit about how you can find out more about her. So Lisa, if you just want to give me a little bit of an introduction about yourself, how many years have you been training for triathlon and possibly endurance sports? Because you, you, maybe you were doing a marathon before that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what kind of drew you into being interested about nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. Um, yeah, as a, yeah, my name's Lisa. Um, I uh, currently do triathlon. I've probably been doing that for about three or four years now. And um, started working with yourself, Celia, kind of probably about nine. Well, it's been in the year, I guess now. I think it's about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I got uh, I got into nutrition coaching, I suppose, generally, uh, really because of the, the experience I had um, and kind of the the hole I got myself in, I suppose, with not understanding nutrition and not fueling myself correctly. Um, so, so uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I I had a period where I had, well, I had a, a period where I had no periods for about kind of um, seven years or so. Right. And um, yeah, I didn't really went through all the usual channels with the GPs and checks and things. And they were like, no, there's nothing wrong. And um, yeah, you know, put you put you back on the put you back on the pill. And that was kind of sort yourself out, sort your uh, sort your periods back out. But I didn't kind of like agree with that approach. And I knew kind of like something was wrong. So sort of started doing a bit of my own research, I guess, Googling and kind of finding out about things. And um came across kind of red s uh, and that kind of low energy availability and um realized that was something that i kind of i have i had really yeah um and uh i realized that the things in my train i could then really kind of reflect on things that were going on in my training and like and myself sort of like low moods not really kind of improving in training not really wanting to train um so i kind of decided that I needed to do something do something about it so I wanted to educate myself more on the importance of nutrition um and also how I could kind of get myself out of it like it's all very well knowing what you need to do but then it's also kind of getting over those kind of ingrained habits and yeah. uh perceptions and attitudes towards nutrition and food that um yeah quite hard to it was all very well someone saying you need to do xyz but actually how do you implementing do it yeah, yeah day to day so what kind that. of like mindset what, what kind of ingrained thoughts and ideas did you have then I suppose it was kind of around I didn't you know I didn't need to eat that much food um I didn't um I didn't need to fuel my training I was worried about gaining weight if I ate more um and and those kinds of perceptions I think yeah body image and 
a bit of that if you're lighter you're faster um Mm. kind of attitude so yeah that was probably where my my mindset was at okay so you thought if you were lighter and you ate less as you were training then that would be better and then yeah there's it a, obviously wasn't it. there's a lot of that there isn't there you know people say oh you're lighter you're gonna yeah. run quicker or you're on the bike you've got your your um like power to weight going. ratio yeah, yeah but that kind of doesn't take into the fact that then you haven't you haven't got the power to start you haven't got the energy to to fuel your sessions and that might work in the short term you might kind of be lighter and be quicker but that's not really a long-term solution mm. that will catch up with you yeah so did you say seven years that you had you yeah had a period for so did that kind of creep up on you like or or was it just you know how long do you think you were under fueling for for that to happen? um probably for a lot of that time. I suppose it kind of crept up with crept up on me really I as I it was it came at a time where I, I moved location and I kind of got into a different sport so I kind of I started running a bit more um I was doing a bit of rowing. I live, I'm lucky to live down in Devon by the sea. So we did a lot of, I do a lot of gig rowing and that kind of stuff. And so I kind of, it, yeah, my activity levels increased as well at the same time as kind of like not really matching that with the fueling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And you go to the doctors and they, they sort of say, oh, well, you know, yeah, it's not a problem. Are you trying to have children? <laughs> um, it's like, no. Oh, that's and crazy, like, isn't yeah, it? And but you they think, oh, well, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I know that's like I find that amazing that you go in with such a you know that's like a red flag isn't it it's red red <laughs> it's a red flag isn't it I haven't yeah. it, it shouldn't be like oh it doesn't matter because you're not no it's a, it's a huge thing and it causes all sorts of problems doesn't it if you don't have your periods yeah. so and, they should we're, be and we're, we're lucky in a way as women that we have that kind of once a month kind of check in with ourselves that like that is something that happens and if you you can kind of notice that and if yeah. it, and if it doesn't occur or it, the length of your cycle changes then it's a bit of a it's kind of like okay well maybe I need to look at what I'm doing yeah uh, definitely yeah yeah no we are lucky because you know men do suffer from red ass as well but they don't have a period so they don't know whether they in that situation or not a lot of the time because I would do you think you'd have known something was up if you hadn't stopped having your periods was it that severe like your moods and your lack of energy or were you could you just have kind of dismissed that as something else or was it quite yeah I don't I, I think it got quite bad towards the end um but I don't know whether I would have ever attributed to, to that really you kind of don't because it kind of creeps up on you a little bit you don't realize kind of how far down the line you've got or how far your mood has changed or your demeanor um has changed really yeah definitely did anyone else kind of pick it up or was it just <laughs> <laughs> it was actually my my partner I um, he we we were fairly we got together we've been together about five years and it was kind of in the first sort of year or so of being with him that he kind of like picked up on it and he was actually that he really helped me um right. sort of sort it out and like sit me down oh, and talking like you need to do something <laughs> about this that's really good awesome so um yeah so you told me that once you did a marathon without fueling at all for that so 
I just wanted to ask you how that went you know I'm kind of curious as to how that how the day went for you that day and also like what was going through your mind to sort of think that that was okay to do that as mm. well yeah I mean it's, it, I was doing a, a lot of training as well at that point I was doing um, a lot of rowing as well I was training for um like a big championship event with rowing and then decided I was going to run the marathon um at the same time and um yeah I just always had, I'd never I'm kind of I, I got into running kind of gradually started doing small you know little bits just going out a couple of times a week and then it kind of developed and I never really it never really occurred to me to, that I might need fuel to, to do that um do those sessions really and before you know it you're running for an hour hour and a half two hours and um yeah not not fueling for those and uh, I didn't kind of people talk about gels and the things at the time and I said like, oh, I don't really that's all sugar and I don't really um, want to take those on they're all kind of like that I don't need that I, I can run for that long and yeah I, I, I felt like I didn't need it so I never practiced it in training it wasn't something that I was planning to do on race day um, and yeah I got to a lot of those people get to sort of like 18 miles or something and you just kind of like completely bonk really and you've got nothing left mm. um, and it's a real struggle to get through get through the last bit really yeah so you finish but what what was it like <laughs> I did finish but yeah the last few miles were definitely it was a definitely a run walk and just right. kind of, so, and you um you can kind of I remember the last coming down the last bit where you can see the finish line and it just feels like it's never getting closer because you're doing a kind of a run walk thing to try and just try yeah. to get at the end and um yeah and I don't think I really was able to recover from that I had um post the race um I had like work was quite stressful at that time and I just I kind of I just couldn't cope with cope with work I don't think it was just all too much I think because the whole the, the stress that I put my body under from all the training and then the event of the marathon without properly fueling and then not being able to recover from that because I wasn't taking on the right right fuel after um mm. yeah it was um so did you still have that mindset after like I can't refuel because I'll be maybe putting on weight or like you know yeah I not necessary so. for me to eat at this time I yeah I mean I had I think I had a pizza afterwards um but like you know <laughs> not, not kind of you know didn't didn't really didn't didn't kind of think about oh I need to replace what I've kind of lost or used and think about what my body really wanted after doing that huge effort what it needed mm. to kind of rebuild itself recover and repair yeah so it, it sounds like it affected like your life after it was that kind of a turning point then do you think at that point yeah I think it was um I think I was doing I was doing as I said a lot of training doing the event and just didn't recover and then had a work kind of stress and a bit of a meltdown at work so I was like this is there's something not quite right here I need to do something about that okay and then that's when you went to your GP and they were like nothing or was that earlier I'd been seeing them for a while but I kind of it kind of like I went I went back to that I went to I ended up seeing um kind of a private um nutritionist kind of like dietitian um to help me get through a few things really because I realized I wasn't really getting anywhere um with with uh, my GP and had some blood tests done which threw up a load of things that were yeah not quite right so just try and work at getting um 
getting myself back and getting my getting my getting my cycle back again yeah so how did that look then trying to get your cycle back what did you um to do it was it was um started very small so kind of um I think and I think that's the key to it you don't because it can feel kind of overwhelming and if someone's going to tell you you need to like double the amount of yeah. something that you're using you're like no I'm not going to do that so just um it started really small like trying to like um the first step was not doing any fasted training so I used to go like running in the morning um just out of bed and go um but just working on taking something small even if it's like half a banana and a spoonful of yogurt or something just making sure that you're not um not doing any fasted training okay um, so that was kind of the first step and I think that was that was massive I think that I think for me not doing the fastest training was huge and trying to kind of control that um cortisol um reaction in the morning yeah. and like not put that body into that uh, into that stress mode first thing in the morning or exacerbating that yeah so many people do that faster trade you know they sort of just get up and get, and I understand because quite often people have to get up very early to do the training oh I don't want to eat before my training because I've got to get up yeah. early or whatever but like you say it can be something really small just to bring your cortisol levels down it doesn't have to be like a huge thing but it's almost like a mindset that people get into like oh, I don't need it I can't I don't I don't have to do that and even if it's that's all you're doing like doing faster training in the morning it can really it sort of knocks it because it's like a habit that you form mm. it does affect whenever anyone says they do that it's like a bit of a kind of alert for me because I think if you're doing that like constantly there's something else going on there it's almost like there's something in your head that's thinking mm. you don't need that fuel for that session and sometimes like you don't but it's just I don't know I think I think it's a really good habit to get into because yeah. it sets you up and it get, puts you in the right frame of mind like I am exercising I need to fuel for this exercise rather than I am exercising to try and burn off calories and lose weight and you know yeah. it's like it's sort of flipping it around and having that yeah, definitely I think that um particularly for so triathletes and things who are often training twice a day they do they're, they're doing a lot of training they're not just doing exercise or, or, or yeah. moving they're doing they're doing training they're we're, we're athletes and that definitely that fuel for what you're trying to get your body to do it's not about um doing the doing the work so you can eat the food after yeah. a, a reward it's that it's food I read something the other day which was uh like food is food is information rather than food as fuel so okay. you're giving your you're giving your body food um that it uses information it knows kind of then what to do with it what what you're trying to make it do so that's kind of um that really stuck with me and I think that also that the sometimes I don't always feel like eating before a session um or immediately after but I think about kind of what that's doing how my body's going to use that fuel to repair and recover and improve as well we don't we know that we don't get fitter doing doing the sessions hmm. it's, the, it's what the body how the body adapts to those sessions and if you're not giving it what it needs to adapt and repair there's almost no point in doing the sessions because you're not you're not going to see any improvements if you're not 
giving your body what it wants. Yeah, I really like that idea of of giving it food as information. It's kind of like a thinking of it like programming or yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. It's another way. It's a really good way of looking at it, isn't it? I do, yeah, oh. struggling with the food, food is fuel, which I, I get it, like kind of feeding, you know, mm. thinking of your body as an engine, which is a kind of good analogy. But I think all, all the systems that, go, that are in the body are so complex and mm. the way it uses, um, uh, or, you know, the hormones and the signaling that goes on that you're giving that food is information for it. To, it then it knows what, what it's supposed to do and it can yeah. accordingly. And yeah, that that makes you think about the quality of the food as well, rather yeah. than just... Um, giving myself fuel that could be anything and it could just yeah. be whatever you want whereas information is like you're thinking about what is this gonna give me as a benefit rather than yeah just like yeah I like that analogy that's good I might have to use that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's excellent um okay so it's that so you decided to do things differently you started getting help you started taking things slowly and not doing your fasted training and then what kind of happened once you started not doing the fasted training did that kind of did you have to do any work on your mindset or did it kind of naturally evolve as you started making changes in your habits I think I think it naturally started changing once I started understanding a little bit more about what my body wanted and needed um and also kind of with every little step that you took you realized I haven't suddenly put on loads of kilos yeah. <laughs> because I started eating a banana before my before <laughs> my training session so it kind of gives you that confidence that you can try a bit more and add a few things and then you then you realize that your your mood's getting better you're not so tired you're sleeping better um you've got a bit more motivation to train maybe I mean everyone's slightly different but you kind of and then you're just slowly slow kind of adding and seeing that it's almost that um yeah letting go of those fears or kind of controls that you thought you, you know you needed to put in place and that it, it's fine you can do that and the body actually does respond and then and then eventually my, my periods did come back so that's kind of you know yeah a good you know you realize that you're giving the body what it needs and it's doing what it it wants to do and it's what it acting to do. in the right way that it should do yeah. yeah how long did that take then to get your periods back um probably to get a regular um cycle was about um about a year yeah doing that yeah so okay. it, it took a while but you you know you see improvements in the meantime um, yeah so was your mood like one of the first things that you noticed I think so that I think motivation to train actually was one of the big ones that like right. you, you wanted to do the sessions and you felt ready um, and not as tired all the time and um, that was probably one of the biggest ones I noticed yeah yeah that's awesome okay so then you you decided to do a nutrition course was that kind of after you'd started getting your periods back or was it part of the learning process for you um it was probably um I started I started getting more interested in kind of my body and and periods just in general I suppose it wasn't really something that because I hadn't had them um for so long uh I just started like these are like amazing I thought you know and I wanted to find out a bit more about how it all worked and I started then tracking my cycle um to notice symptoms and and um 
understanding how I change uh, across the cycle and 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 also if I'm involving my partner and he can notice kind of um things about me and it kind of yeah just um evolved I wanted to kind of learn more about it and also help other people um and understand and kind of it doesn't have to and it wouldn't doesn't just apply to people who are who are you know training hard or is is it is every woman really to help them you know once you kind of understand your cycle and what it needs um it's kind of it's quite empowering really I think and you kind of you that helps you know what you need to do you want to nourish your body really I think once you understand it what it's trying to do um and so kind of yeah that led me down the the role of kind of looking at kind of nutrition coaching so that I could kind of tailor it to a kind of female female and do you notice any difference then with what you eat do you change your diet at all according to your cycle or do you just because when you said food as information that sort of made me think about us being more intuitive with our eating and that happened for me I think when I started training a lot more I was like I started looking into nutrition like what I needed to fuel and and then when I started eating better, I started to know what I needed and kind of pick foods that I could felt were the right things for me to eat. It was it kind yeah. of happened just as a sort of secondary thing. So does that happen naturally? Do you kind of eat intuitively throughout your cycle? Does anything change? Do you have like a or is there something that you follow or I don't I kind of I, I love I've I listen to my body really and I think that's one of the the key things about nutrition really and your, your body's really really clever it'll kind of it'll tell you what it what it wants and it'll t- it'll tell you when when it, when it's hungry it'll tell you when you've had enough mm. um, so it's kind of dialing into those cues and not being afraid to if your body's hungry then it wants to eat something so kind of give it that I, it's also I do know I do notice um that like later on in my cycle I do I do have I do want to eat more and I kind of there's a tendency that I want those <laughs> like that chocolate or those kind of like high calorie foods yeah. um but I understand that I actually do need a few you know you do need a couple more mm. hundred calories most women in their kind of the, the late latter part of their cycle so it's um I don't I don't feel don't guilty about having that. I don't I know that that's what my my body needs so it's just kind of being aware of that um and listening to your body really but yeah definitely and I would try to have maybe um kind of uh sort of whole food options in the left half of my cycle around yeah. more easily so like have some nuts yeah around and rather than kind of knowing that I've got all the chocolate no. in the cupboard because I know I'm going to want to eat something so it's kind of a few strategies around that um but again if yeah. I I think that really helps with the sort of like because ha- it's a habit sometimes isn't it like um eating and snacking and and if you feel like snacking then if you've got those things that are a little bit better choices I don't like to say that use the words healthier and and I don't like to classify foods in good and bad (laughs) sort of camps because then there's a whole kind of like can of worms that you open then and start attaching meaning to certain foods and making yourself feel guilty and bad and 
all that kind of thing mm-hmm. or virtuous and you know pure <laughs> or whatever you know we don't want to yeah no that word that that doesn't no I, I don't like the it's like food it helps you to recover as you say and and picking the the things that your body needs and it yeah. wants and and the things that you enjoy like food is so yeah, yeah. it's such an emotion there's so many things caught up with food like it's it's social it's emotional it's it's um your preferences are kind of dictated by your background and your past experiences and stuff and it should be yeah. um it should be something that you enjoy as well and it shouldn't be you shouldn't have all these rules and restrictions about around foods it is um yeah it should be enjoyable and but in listening to your body and focusing on kind of like whole foods and that all um that's you go huge, huge a long way to, to yeah I think once you start like fo- yeah like it's the fo- where you put your focus and once you start putting your focus there your tastes kind of change as well a little bit I think um I don't know whether that's getting older or like because of the way I've been eating has been different for a while you know I still enjoy like all food there's nothing that I don't really eat mm. but I tend to want different stuff than I might have wanted in my 20s or wanted yeah. to eat in my 20s or like binged on and you know I used to do that kind of thing at, at some point in my life just and then feel really awful afterwards mm. I'd like eat loads of just not great food um and then yeah feel bad afterwards. and that was probably in that sort of second half of my cycle yeah but at the time I didn't realize I kind of knew that that was what it was, but it was almost like I just felt awful. So I wanted yeah. to make myself feel better. And I did that with food a bit, you know. Yeah. And um, then so much guilt. And then you kind of yeah. feel like, and you try to kind of compensate by uh, like exercising or mm. eating less the next day, which kind of makes it worse. I think, I think, I think it's also recognizing that when you're training, you do need to eat a lot of food. Mm. Um, and quite often when you, feel like you're out of control or you want to eat a lot a lot it's because you haven't fueled yourself yeah. well enough like either in the past week or that day you kind of um if you're eating kind of regularly and enough um through the through the day I think that gives you much more you feel much more in control you don't have those kind of um urges to eat things or yeah, kind of feel, feel feel like you have to say no to things because you know you you just naturally kind of your body tells you know what you need yeah Mm. you know what you need and you it's tuning it's having the awareness though to tune into it isn't it and and kind of be be aware of what your body needs because I think sometimes we do override it don't we 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 can do it with our minds we can override that sort of and so it sounds like you've got really good at listening to your body because of the experience that you had probably it was like you've ignored it for so long yeah and then this thing happened and it's like okay I really need to pay attention to this now and then you managed to get some awareness around that and, and started building from that yeah and, I think, and it's not easy and it takes it does take a long time to kind of undo those habits but I think definitely having an understanding of what your what your body actually needs the amount of food it needs in a day to fuel your training is a good starting point um I don't I don't track calories um, uh, or anything like that, but occasionally I've kind of written down what I've had um, over a few days and then you kind of tot it up and you realise, well, actually, I'm 
like 500 calories short most days of what I need to do and when you can kind of compound that it's just it's a it's just helpful to give you a little bit of an idea and then you realize yeah which you do you do need to eat yeah yeah I've done that before it's sort of calculating it just for a few days and then yeah oh okay (laughs) I thought I was eating completely differently to how I'm eating and yeah it sort of like shows you what you are actually eating and then it can be yeah but yeah I have also gone down the route of like doing that and then not wanting to eat because I'll have to put it in the diary (laughs) so it's like you've got to be a bit careful with those things haven't you because yeah I think I I start when I started doing it I think I got a little bit obsessive with it and Mm. it it started going in a direction that I was like this is not good this is not good (laughs) I had to sort of stop myself and come back a little bit um brilliant okay so your nutrition now it's it's on track you feel for sessions when you go out to do sessions um so how would you say it it, you know like give us a bit of contrast like what it looked like then and what it looks like now so how has it changed for you well as I mentioned the fasted training so I never do any fasted training I would always have something um and then if I if that is for a evening session say I'll always make sure that I'll have like a bit of a snack maybe a couple of hours before I'm not good with eating anything very close um to, to training particularly if I'm running um and then if I'm doing anything more than and not 90 minutes probably um even if it's a fairly moderate effort I would always take always take some fuel on during the session yeah um whether that's a, a gel or a, a, some chews or something like that um and uh electrolytes as well I, f- I feel like they're quite kind of quite quite important for again for those sessions um that are quite long especially when they're setting on the turbo um and um yeah making sure that I refuel as well after so post-session having something um pretty pretty much straight away even if it's just it's, it, for me it's usually a shake just to get that kind of just to get something in and yeah. then that gives me a bit more time to have a shower and then prepare some proper food really but I think yeah. that is really key to yeah fueling the sessions and then having something pretty quick afterwards so what would you what would be like a pre-workout snack for you what kind of thing might you have uh might be a bit of granola a bit of yogurt um and fruit or something like that or um yes rice cakes with some I quite like rice cakes with a bit of tahini and blueberries or something like that on um but yeah something simple um or a yeah a, a smoothie or something uh if you wanted something that's kind of quite light and needs to digest um yeah stomach yeah and then afterwards you mentioned shakes do you ever have anything different after? um I might have like a, a slice of toast with some nut butter or something on it like that um depending on kind of time of day um but yeah usually I do quite like my like kind of smoothies and things so I like yeah. one of the fruit <laughs> so it's quite it quite refreshing after. yeah it's easy as well isn't it it's yeah. quite I because I when I finished a session before I quite often would have protein shake but also I'd be aware like I don't want to have this every time because no. you get too reliant on it and then you forget like but it is it, it, it's not easy to get the protein that you need in with real food either after a session so they are really handy 
but like you like you said yogurt can be yeah and, and looking for them like the kind of the Greek the low-fat Greek yogurts mm. or the skier yogurt that they're really high in protein so um using those options and that they are kind of uh, low fat you don't want too much a uh, sort of high fat snack after after training because your body will str- struggle to digest that a little bit but um, yeah yeah it is difficult to get the protein in um that you need and I think for me shakes are an easy way you know a bit of protein powder is an easy yeah. way to do that and then focusing on for my meals having you know whole food sources of protein whether yeah. that yeah yeah you kind of like topping it up then when you have your main meal and things yeah and precision nutrition are really good at like giving nice simple diagram they've got like the palm sized yeah um protein haven't they so that it it shows you what you need to eat in a very visual way so it's quite easy to understand yeah. I think I, really I definitely um yeah precision nutrition or if you follow them on Facebook or Instagram they're really good at posting kind of like um like images and infographics things about like you say the hand portions for your the palm size for your the protein and the cupped cupped handfuls for your carbs and the uh, veggies and things that's yeah. really, it's kind of a simple way to do it yeah definitely I think it's a lot easier for people to understand than like calculating how many grams yeah. per... you don't you don't want to be looking at the back of a packet <laughs> or weighing them just get my calculator out hang on a minute. no uh, I have I do do that occasionally because when I'm like trying to work something out but yeah I find that it's like oh I can just think of a, a palm-sized piece yeah. of protein um but yeah when, and also if you're vegetarian then it can be a bit harder as well like my son is vegetarian now so we mostly eat vegetarian because I'm too lazy to cook different stuff <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like just we eat so many beans yeah. <laughs> lots of beans and yeah. I've discovered them um, I started using tempeh actually a while ago which was oh, I really like that yeah I don't know if you nice. would like it or not though that's no. yeah you can marinate it in a few things can't you make it taste of something something different but... yeah <laughs> Yeah, I used to do one and it had like marmalade. You did like a marmalade and soy sauce. Oh, wow. It sounds really weird, but it's really good. And you do like a marinade like that and then have it with broccoli and stuff. Yeah, um, nice. It's quite and noodles, but I just, I haven't tried tempeh on him. He does tofu. He likes tofu. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit <laughs> tricky. But yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so... Is there anything else that you kind of think people would benefit from hearing any kind of like, you know, ideas or if anyone was in the same position as you, any advice as to what they should do? Um, Yeah, well, I think don't if you if you if you're if you don't have your periods, that is a sign that something is not it's not right. Obviously, (laughs) pre pre in your but when we talk, we talk about perimenopause, menopause, but that's not. <laughs> yeah, like don't don't uh, don't kind of accept that. That is a thing that your body your body is trying to tell you something, so, and it and it's it's hard to know what to do. I think to do it on your own um, is quite difficult. <laughs> so reach out to people. Um, at least talk to your you know <clears throat> friends, family about it, um, and maybe look at getting some going to get some blood tests and some advice from a nutritionist or a dietitian um, to kind of help you help you get through it. But it's quite often it's not it's it's just small changes that you need to make. Um, and 
it it's not as daunting as, as you know once you start down that path actually you kind of you, you know you're going in a good direction and it's not as daunting as you think um yeah. yeah I suppose people need to be like in the position where they've recognized that this is not good and they're not happy with it because still there is this kind of there is still a mentality that it's okay and that mm. this is a good thing in some in some circles like you, yeah. you must be training hard because you've lost your yeah. periods or whatever which is not where it's, we should be no. you know looking at now so yeah getting support if you are in that situation and you want you need you want to make that change and you do need to make that change even if you might not want to um, yeah it's your that's what we are we're, we're designed as women that's what we're designed to do and so many of our um the our systems in our body are affected by that if we don't have our have our periods and you can you know is you get issues of bone density um and you know even sort of like um gut issues i had really bad um kind of like um almost ibs symptoms a lot of the time there's right. a lot of things i couldn't eat um because i was under fueling and the body you know the body's almost just shutting down it's kind of deep down regulating everything yeah. so there's a lot of um there's a lot of things that it can affect by kind of underfueling, and um, this yeah is something that you want to look at to get to get help with and to yeah for your future health, not just like now. It's like future, isn't it? It affects if you let it go unchecked, then yeah. it's going to have a knock-on effect on you. I think hopefully it's it's changing a bit more with people. I think it's becoming more talked about, or, mm. you know. Um, and um, so I remember Emma, Emma, Emma Pallant Brown's been quite vocal on um, yeah. the, the periods and how they are a kind of a, a vital sign for women as, as our as our of our health. Really, they're not something to be kind of afraid of or ashamed of. They're something that we can we can use. They're good. It's a, they're an amazing sign for us that we we have them and have yeah. a regular cycle. It's a sign of good health. Yeah, and I like the way you said earlier, you were like, when you started finding out about it, you were like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like you hadn't had a period for seven years and then you had one, you wanted to find out all about it because, you know, the the mood fluctuation changes and when you start understanding that, yeah. it's like a real eye-opener. You're like, oh my God, that's why I'm like that then. And, and you, that's I why think you... I want to go and live in a cave. <laughs> Sorry. also you notice when of the good things that it brings you yeah. as well. like you don't just focus it on the you know the couple of days a month where you feel really low and you don't want to talk to anyone in fact the time yeah, that's your... what's like portrayed as periods yeah. in most of you know it's like oh I've got PMT you know it's that kind of stage of the cycle rather than the bit like you're yeah. saying yeah the first half of your cycle when you feel like you really you know you want to go and smash workouts you're really kind of like even in your work environment in your day-to-day work you're kind of a bit more and more motivated to do things and better yeah. at doing certain things and you notice that yeah there's good sides of it not just the, the bad side of you definitely having cycles as well I even put makeup on sometimes when I <laughs> you feel like you got this yeah like, like yeah I <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't mess with me <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. It, yeah, I like the whole sort of variation in it. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I, we're not going to talk about that because that's like a whole other kind of thing because, yeah, we can go into how it changes later as well, which is where I'm going now. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I've just got used to it. I just started understanding everything. And now yeah. it's like someone's sort of thrown it all up in the air again. 
Um, okay, so uh, I think I I didn't have anything else I was going to ask you, but you you said you know go and get help if you if you feel like oh the other thing I wanted to bring up was I just know when you said when you were talking about fueling for your sessions earlier and you said that people talked about gels and how they want mm -hmm. you know they would use gels and you were like no I don't want that because it's sugar and and what have you um was there a bit of you that was like I don't want to you eat sugar and kind of like restrictive of those kind of foods at that time yeah I think so they're kind of like we touched earlier that sort of like clean eating kind of thing you don't you know I was eating that I, I quite particular about what I put in my body and I, I felt that gels were an artificial thing that I should you know I don't need to eat them it should all come from whole foods mm. um, you, you know real foods and the gels were kind of a bit of a cheat really I shouldn't really I shouldn't really have those yeah. and they and there are alternatives to gels though as well if people are kind of put off by taking gels because I know a lot of people don't actually like using mm. them um but there's a lot more options now like there's some more natural type gels aren't there and there's yeah like, uh, there's a lot more companies out there that are kind of doing those kind of like just very um sort of minimal ingredients um kind of thing i know that's uh, companies like bello forte i know they use all kind of only natural kind of ingredients um i'm a big fan of precision um fuel and hydration yeah um, they've got very simple products um with and, and you can look at different options whether it's gels or chews um or, or a carb mix drink as well so there's kind of yeah. Yeah, things that you can look at and everyone's different so it's just a case of finding what what your stomach or what your body responds to um what you like so there's no kind of one size fits all it's a bit of experiment no and also you know sugar at the end of the day is a carbohydrate and we need carbohydrate yeah. so we've got to remember that it is just a, a very concentrated form of card carbohydrates there's nothing wrong with eating sugar because you know it's got a very bad rep yeah at the moment you know there's people sort of talking about eliminating all sugar from your diet but if you're training and for events it's pretty unrealistic to try and do that it's just like yeah you, your body your body needs those sugars and they like say those carbohydrates to fuel those sessions um and it's it's what it was it was what powers you what keeps you going um and you're you're using that in in your sessions it's not like you're just having you know spoonfuls. <laughs> yeah <laughs> just sitting there drinking five pounds of coke and yeah. not doing anything yeah exactly it's it's a complete that, that goes back to what you said about the you know you can't have good but good good or bad foods it's a it's the kind of context and what you're using them for or, or what you're what you yeah. need them um yeah yeah definitely cool okay so um how can people find out a little bit more about you have you got anywhere any websites or I know you're on Instagram, but if you want to yeah, just um, let people know. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I think my, my handle is lifewellfueled. So if you want to um, have a look and check me out. And then um, I also work with my partner who, who does a bit of kind of uh, triathlon coaching and strength training kind of approach. And that's um, uh, DD Triathlon Coaching uh, awesome. on Instagram as well. Okay. And I'll put them in the show notes as well. So people have got the link to that and Brilliant. they can get find you easily. Um, but yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Oh. 
No, just think, yeah, thanks. It's been great chatting to you. And uh, yeah, it's been really, yeah, really it's cool. great to have you on. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, yeah, well, I'll speak to you again soon. <laughs> thanks, Celia. No worries. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day. Take care. Bye for now.